0: In today's episode, we are talking with Adam Homie about the true power of podcasting as a marketing and networking tool. You definitely don't want to miss this one as a special 100th episode of this podcast. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back. How do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to Shatter the Mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan here with a really special edition because we are at episode 100, and. Boy, have I chosen a wonderful guest to feature for this very special episode. Before we get there, just a quick thank you to everyone that's been here since day one or since day last week. Whenever you've come on, I've really appreciated it. And those who've been here for a while know that I've taken some really interesting twists and turns. I've been very intentional about featuring guests that are really going to be helpful to you. But obviously, this was an evolving project of mine. And where it began in March of 2019 and had its own unique style and flavor back then, it switched gears toward the end of that year when I decided to give you almost a bit of a front row seat as I was working on a very special project in my business and really keeping you updated with everything. And that, of course, is my book, The last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read... You've been there since day one, really following along on the progress, and I am so grateful to you. I'm so grateful to everyone who's purchased the book, everyone who's left a five-star rate review, everyone who's emailed me letting me know how you've used the content and how it's affected you and how it's been a positive impact in your life, and of course, anyone who's found me through the Yahoo article from last year or the USA Today article or Forbes article from earlier this year, and really anyone that's heard about this through word of mouth or any other way, thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting the book. Thank you for telling your friends and just thank you for being a listener of Shattered a Mold. For those that have not checked out the book yet, you can feel free to go to lastlawofattractionbook.com and that'll auto forward you to the Amazon listing where you can get it in Kindle or paperback or audiobook if you prefer. And of course, those who've been following also know that if you don't want to pull out your wallet, you can just go to youtube.com slash Andrew where I've got free content in support of the book. Really matches up, you know, got new methods, I featured a lot of attraction experts, and I have a few other surprises there as well. But again, just thank you to everyone who's been here for these last 99 episodes, and here we are at episode 100. And um, with that in mind, I thought to myself, do I give like a really long, heartfelt speech, or do I do what I I like to do best and just get straight to the value and to the guest and that's the direction that we're going in today. so to segue over to our guest, Adam Homey is a speaker, author, trainer, and consultant with nearly twenty years experience helping business creators just like you win at the game of business and marketing so that you can thrive through the intersection of your brilliance and your passion while making a difference for your community, market, and audience. As the creator of the Reach system, Adam's stock and trade is in helping you exponentially reach more profitable customers. He's also the author of Groundhog Day is an Event, not a business strategy, and is a contributing author to Journeys to Success, the millennial edition. And yes, both books are international Amazon bestsellers. And if that's not enough, he's spoken on stages around the country for years and is a sought after expert on podcasting for entrepreneurs, which is where we're really going to be focusing a lot of our energy on today. So without any further ado, Shatter the Mold warmly welcomes for their special 100th episode, Adam Homie. Adam, thank you so much for being here, my friend, and welcome to Shatter the Mold.
1: Thank you, Andrew. I'm I'm honored by the opportunity to serve your community.
0: Oh, I love it. You know, it's kind of like even the interactions that we've had beforehand, that answer is no surprise. And I always love when I hear people that it's so clear that they understand how important it is to lead with value. And because they see the, the many, you know, just the possibilities that that opens up. And I imagine that's one of your criteria when you're even working on your podcast, right?
1: Well, podcasting is really all about giving. Let me give you one example. Through the reach system, we encourage people to view hosting, excuse me, launching and hosting a podcast as one of their primary networking, client attraction, and celebrity branding tools. What's really great about it as a networking tool is let's say there's somebody you want to connect with. You have several different options. You can say, hey, uh, You want to hop on the phone real quick? Okay, yeah, I want to hop on the phone with you so you can tell me what you're doing and hope I volunteer myself as a client. No, Uh, I'd like to offer you a free strategy session. Yeah, so you can pitch me. Uh, The answer is already no, not because I don't want to work with you. In fact, I probably do want to work with you. It's just no right now. So I don't want to have to deal with telling you no. So I don't even want to have a conversation with you right now. So Mm -hmm. you see already how these two common modalities that we use to connect with people, run into barriers yeah, because of the implications and the connotations. However, how does it sound if I say, Hey, Andrew, you know, I, that post I saw the other day on your LinkedIn, I thought that was really awesome. I'd like to discuss that with you further. And actually the people who listen to my podcast, this is something that they like too. Would you like to be a guest on my show?
0: Totally different flavor. I bet and you're going to totally. say yes to that. Oh, See, uh, without a doubt. St-
1: yeah. Free strategy sessions have in some cases up to a 50% no-show rate. Mm. Podcasts have about a 99% yes-show rate. I've been hosting the Business Creators Radio Show for over seven and a half years. I've had two no-shows. Wow. Two. Wow. And then the amount of people who ran late or it just slipped their mind and, oh, damn it, give me one second to log in. I can probably count those on one hand.
0: Right. Most people, they were looking forward to it. They were ready. They wanted yes. to be there. They were incentivized by virtue of the fact that it's a podcast opportunity versus somebody pitching them and trying to get their money off of them.
1: Yeah. Now compare that to the other two modalities I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, hop on the phone, real quick. Uh, you know, I know I said we were supposed to talk today, but man, I got this thing I got to get done. I really got to focus. Can you do it some other time? There's no risk to that. And a free strategy session? Well, you know, I, I checked out your website and I see what you're doing and that's really not something I need. So with respect, I'm going to cancel the session. Yeah. Am I going to say no to an opportunity to get an introduction to new audiences? Don't think so.
0: Mm-mm. Here's not another. you got any intelligence, right?
1: Here's, here's another concept I want to give you. And this kind of flips the script a little bit. One of the articles I've written on the Reach Systems website, and this got a little bit of buzz. It has the title candidly launch a podcast and get free business coaching we would love to connect with people we would like to pick their brains we don't always have 500 to throw here there and everywhere else to get to have an hour-long focused conversation with somebody if somebody approaches me and asks if they can pick my brain my first response is do you have a podcast hmm. say let's say they say yes i'll say cool Here's what you do: Have me on your show, promote the hell out of it, and you can ask me whatever you want, and I'll give you some really good stuff. I love. That. Hey, if, hey, if I'm if I'm gonna give away my time for free, I want something in return. Plus, when you approach somebody and you take out the whole inserting of instruments into the noggin and replace it with, I'm offering you something up front, which is an introduction to my tribe and an opportunity to share your message. That's going to get a much different reception, which is why I say it's one of your top networking tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: like there's, there's real equity in having this. I mean, a lot of people, yeah. they have a podcast for the sake of having it and, and beautiful, but they're also probably missing on a lot of opportunity if they're not understanding how much connection and influence that can create for them and how many opportunities it might open up.
1: Yeah, right now, um, Andrew, I'm not sure exactly what your audience is. Uh, how many people tune in how many people download what have you nor do I really care I'll get to that in a second but let me ask you a question who is the most important listener you have right now
0: wow (laughs) I'm on the spot I mean this is going to sound a little bit cliche and airy-fairy but it's it's the listener that's taking action on what it's me
1: it's me I'm the most important
0: Mm, and I'll tell you you
1: what and I'll tell you why I I imagine you have fans who hang on your every word. I imagine you have people who listen to your episodes or watch your videos and contact you because they're ready to take action because you inspired them. And that means you're doing everything exactly right. At the same time, I am the only person who is guaranteed to be here the whole time. I'm the only person who's guaranteed to be listening and watching and focused the whole time. I'm the only person you're basically guaranteed to have a separate conversation with right after the episode. When you take that approach, you begin to understand the true power of podcasting, because I also influence how much exposure you get. If I continue to love our experience as much as I'm loving it right now, I'm going to want to share the hell out of this and let the whole world know. And where that turns around and benefits you is you credentialize me. That means that by inviting me to be on your show, and giving me platform you have basically dubbed me worthy I love this. that's one of the powers the superpowers that podcast hosts have is they credentialize their guests even if it's a new podcast and they're interviewing the ultimate celebrity rock star of their niche if they create a great interview experience that high-level celebrity rock star type is going to celebrate the fact that they were on your show and they're going to use the fact that they were on your show as an example of why people should tune into them, which then raises your stature in the eyes of audiences you're you are you're just getting to the point we're going to be meeting.
0: You know, it, it's really interesting to hear you say this and I don't know if I've ever shared this with my audience, but I'm of the mind of you know, like almost like a triple win where I'm obviously I'm serving myself and growing my podcast, having an awesome guest on. Yep. Obviously the goal is to serve my audience and give them useful and or actionable content that they can apply to their lives. But sure. also I go in me personally, and I'm not sure how many podcast hosts do this. I have a funny feeling you do it is I'm also going in with the attention that this interview right here in some way, shape, or form will be an asset for you that you can choose to use in a different way, yeah. even after the actual publication. And that's, of course. I've never shared that before, but I know that you get that as, as, as I describe that.
1: I When we focus on the guest side of Reach, being a guest on people's shows, we train people to be such awesome guests that the hosts want to put that episode in their greatest hits lineup. Mm. Yeah, that's the goal we tell them to focus on. We tell forget about how many listeners and downloads you're going to get, What you want is to be in their greatest hits lineup. So when that host picks 20 episodes to put in their automated repromotion routine, yours is one of them, because that can result in you getting repeat exposure, oftentimes for up to a year. I am to this day still in repeat loops on podcast episodes where I guested five years ago. And every so often I get a notification that I was tagged again in that episode by the host. Wow. Because they keep reusing it and reusing it and reusing it. And some of these are shows that have five, 600 episodes in the can, but mine's one of the ones they keep highlighting.
0: You know, it, it's funny. First of all, that, that's brilliant because it's so simple and yet a lot of people it just kind of like jumps over their brain. You don't think of it. One thing that I've done um, when I've been going on other podcasts is if as long as they apply the right way um, in regarding law of attraction, I'm sharing them with my law of attraction community. Yeah. And that's ramping up the download count where there's one person in particular where he'll, he'll message me and be like, Andrew, how are you getting like your mess? Your, your episode is so much bigger than all the other ones. It keeps getting all these downloads. What are you doing? And I'm like, it's in my auto responder list. Every time yeah. somebody gets on my bonus list, they end up getting that conversation and getting sent to it. And this seems like a parallel for that, that you're finding some way of keeping yourself prominent on their playlist and on their podcast.
1: Yes. Yes. And I've noticed this with some of our reach clients who follow their listener and download statistics. They'll see a the few episodes out of their collection. Even if every episode is excellent, there are a few. And sometimes the ones that do this will surprise you that just get like 10 times the amount of exposure that the other episodes do. Mm. It's a combination of that guest reach And their audience's enthusiasm for the topic. Got it. And and as I said, some of them will surprise you. You may think that that person who touts the 100,000 email list and they have a newsletter that goes out every week. Right up at the top, they put all the podcasts podcasts here on this week. They may be thinking, this is the one that's going to put me on a map. This is the one that's going to drive all the people to my podcast website. Sometimes it's the ones that will surprise you. Mm. The ones you were thinking, "Ah, I probably won't get much out of this one. And boom.
0: Yeah. all, All the more reason, everything you go on, you're making it your, like the goal is to make it unlike any other show they've done, dropping value like no one else has seen, making yourself stand out in any way, shape or form you can.
1: One of the four objections that we get, one of the four excuses, as I like to call them, or the reasons that drive the excuse that entrepreneurs say they don't want to host a podcast is, well, who's going to tune into this? Nobody's going to listen to this. I'm not going to get any listeners. I'm not going to get any downloads. And then on the guest side, we dealt with this once. We had a PR firm that kept contacting the Business Creators Radio Show, going to the website, filling out the application on behalf of their client, like we ask everybody to do. I'd get the application, and I remember twice I signed off, on it, saying, say, yeah, this guest would be great. I'd love to interview them. So I give it to my assistant who then approaches them to schedule the recording for the interview. And the next thing we hear from them is, uh, just so you know, so-and-so is very busy and has limited time and we need to make sure that they maximize the use of their time, uh, please send us a spreadsheet with your listener and download statistics so that we can decide if this has sufficient reach for her to schedule the interview or him to schedule the interview. There was one male and one female. And my response the first time is, no, we don't do that. Here's a schedule link. We'll look forward to speaking with them. And then the second time they did it, we said, it's really none of your damn business. Mm. Do you want to, do you want us to interview your person or not? They kind of went away after that, uh, for better or worse. Now, that seems like it may have been a bit of a hard line, but the way I looked at it is, they came through our process. They took the time to research without speaking with us first to find out how to get on the Business Creators Radio Show. They went to the website, they found the link, they followed the process that we spell out for them to do. We reviewed their applications, it's a pretty simple application, but it gets me everything I need. You, in fact, you filled it out because you're going to be on my show. Uh, Look forward to it. Yeah, and uh, and I said yes. I, get, I turned it over to Tracy. She contacted them to schedule the interview. So now you're going to throw roadblocks up? <laughs> if, that's, if that's how you're representing your clients, I actually felt bad for the clients. And here's, here's why. I love to tell this story. One of my longtime clients in my private consulting business, who's been with us for almost five years, showed up on my scheduler one day saying she wanted to speak with me about the possibility of my firm working with hers to get their startup into revenue. I'd never heard of this person, never heard of her. I I was even familiar to a degree with her industry, but I hadn't heard of her. I looked her up and I was very happy with what I found and getting excited. It's like, oh, I'd love to have this kind of client. To this day, she and I are not 100% sure exactly what compelled her to contact me. She somehow thinks she was referred to me, but she can't tell me who referred me hmm. uh, because she doesn't remember. In my case, I remember her very clearly saying that she heard my podcast episode. Now, I, now what I can't get the clarity on is, was it on my show or was it on somebody else's show? What okay. was it that I said? What was the topic? And then we have two different versions of the story of how she heard about me and how she contacted me and the reasons why. Referred to me could mean she heard me on a podcast somewhere and the the host said, yeah, go contact Adam. That could have been the referral she's referring to. The point I bring up with this is nobody in that conversation, and that's been a very lucrative relationship for me, and we've done a lot of great things with that client. I mean, they're well beyond into revenue now they're taking their industry by storm at this point uh there was no conversation about listeners or downloads Mm -hmm. that's how the monetization happens and it can happen that quick and it can also happen sort of at random that was sort of a random thing which is why you want to have the persistent consistency and you want to continue with what grandma homie used to call stick to the oh, hits man. will happen when you keep going but if you're obsessively looking at your numbers and you're going to start making decisions based on the numbers so let me summarize the approach to listeners and downloads yes they're important i'm not denying they're important focus on getting them as a result of your efforts rather than as the goal of your efforts. When your goals are to create great content, to connect with people, to expand your reach, and your content is interesting, engaging, and leaves people wanting more, that creates the buzz, that creates the virality, and the listeners and downloads will happen as a result of that. Mm. I'm familiar with the statistics for the Business Creators Radio Show. They're none of anybody's business. I will never share them. Uh, But I will tell you they're good. That's all I'm going to say. Right. And I also have intelligence based on looking at that on how to structure and fine tune some of my episodes with the business creators radio show. And again, I calibrate this to the guests and to their audience. So I do actually vet the guests because I want to see who they are and I want to see who their audience are before I sign off on the applications. On some of the episodes, I sometimes go off on profane rants. (laughs) It's because my intelligence tells me that in certain situations that creates better engagement. Here's what we look for. What is a person doing when they're listening to a show? Are they tuned in watching it? Maybe. Are they Clicking on the version that's shared via social media, or are they going to the podcast website? Ultimately, you want to get people onto the podcast website, or what's the point of entry? Or are they listening to it through Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher, or iHeartRadio, or Spotify, or any of those others? What are they physically doing? Are they actually focused on consuming that podcast episode as the thing that they're doing? Are they streaming it in the background while they're working on something else? Are they running, walking, exercising, or sitting? Are they standing up or laying down? Mm,
0: you're thinking about all these things.
1: It's, it's important to think about all these things. So if you have a sense, and we've tested this, actually. Uh, it may seem like I do random bloviations and just go off. like Whoa! But it's also timed. Because I'm looking to create pattern interrupts. So if we believe, and I believe, that I'm going to be reaching an audience that's going to be typing away at something while it's streaming in the background, or they're jogging, which causes things to happen in the brain, and then they hear something like, what, what, what? Hmm. Now, they're going to lean in and tune in again, because they're wondering what they just missed. And they, then they don't want to miss what comes next. Plus, they may believe that they missed something that's important, so they're going to want to go back and listen again. Yeah. So if it's something that's being live streamed or something that they're not subscribing to, they may want to subscribe to it so they can go back and download it.
0: Yeah, I don't know if this even parallels as I say this to you, but as you were describing that, I kind of thought back to back when there was just radio. what Howard Stern did so effectively that got people to stop and listen.
1: Yeah, um, Howard Stern, Rush Limbaugh, and a lot of those other controversial folks, they did that for a reason. And it was about creating engagement and getting people to listen in. Some of the things uh, were shocking. Some of the things were profane. Some of them were candidly disgusting. I'm not going to share any of my views about who was right or who was wrong. It's not about that. It's about the tactic. Yeah, And the tactic was is to get people saying, oh, my God, he said what? And tell their friends. So now their friends want to come in and hear it for themselves. Some of the friends are going to say, oh, my God, he said that? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's how you get more (laughs) listeners and downloads, and that's how you build a tribe. Some are going to say, oh, my God, he said that? Disgusting. Don't ever listen to them. And that's going to cause people to actually listen to them because they want to see what it's all about. And some of them may publicly say, oh, yeah, yeah, that, they're nasty. But privately, they're subscribing.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: That's what I mean. I, you look at it, the listeners and downloads as a result. The goals in those cases are to use the shock jock persona to titillate people, to enrage people, to excite people, and to motivate people. And give them the opportunity to make their choice in alignment with their truth, whether they want to keep listening and watching.
0: You know, it's so interesting hearing you describe this because, you know, call me right or call me wrong. I like to think of myself as an intelligent person. And I also, I like to think of myself as someone who's very experienced in terms of studying and understanding and off that understanding, implementing human psychology. And yet hearing you say this to me, even though I think I have a great show, I'm already second guessing or rethinking like, should I be doing X, Y, and Z will be more effective. That's what I'm getting off of you because this is stuff that after you hear it, it's so simple and so obvious, but oftentimes we just don't put that into our process whenever we're doing whatever we're doing.
1: A word of caution here, make sure that whatever you do or whatever you test is authentically you. Yes. I had this conversation with somebody else who I was on her podcast and she is one of the most easy go. Uh, she's Canadian uh the I mean and Canada is a country and I love my Canadian friends so they're gonna laugh when I say this that's the country where if you have a police per- a police chase and the person being chased gets stuck in the snow the police officer gets out and helps them get unstuck <laughs> and for this particular for this particular person i constantly ask her if she's been planting maple trees in her yard and t- taking care of them because i want authentic real canadian maple syrup
0: mm, there you go <laughs>
1: so the point there's a point i bring up with this and and again i i really love canadians especially some of my best friends are canadian and uh, there's just something about their their love of life and their generosity towards others that i find really appealing now and Going along with that, a lot of the ones, at least the Canadians I know, don't really swear much. Right. The, I mean, these are the folks who apologize for getting their own foot stepped on. So yeah. the point I brought up with her is if she decided that she wanted to go all shock jock and drop F-bombs and everything, nobody would believe it.
0: Yeah, it's going to feel too inauthentic, and her yeah, delivery like, is going to it's be like, too inauthentic.
1: It's like her coach told her to do it to drive up her numbers, and it's actually going to cause people to tune out. Yeah. I have the personality I can pull it off. Uh, some people don't. Uh, they look at folks like Gary Vaynerchuk, who is well-known for dropping F-bombs in his live streams. They say, well, if Gary V can do it, it must work. No, it works for him, because he has that kind of driven personality yeah and i also then make another can... point about him mm-hmm. is he does he does series series if if that's a word of live streams and videos and such that are geared towards children and adolescents to teach them about entrepreneurship he does not swear in those his i've seen a few of them his tonality his inflections and in his body language change because he calibrates toward the audience mm-hmm. these uh the, the up-and-coming entrepreneurs who are still in school do not need their ass kicked to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and stop screwing around. They need to be inspired and motivated and shown that there are new possibilities for how they live their lives and how they achieve success. They're not the entrepreneur who needs somebody to say, come on, you can do it. No, no, don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah, I know it's hard, but, but just get off your ass and keep working. Different audiences, different approaches.
0: Yeah. And what I hear when you say that, I, uh, some people notice about me, but I interned for WWE back when it was WWF. Yeah. during Like the Attitude Era. Uh-huh. And, you know, <laughs> Stone Cold, Steve Austin, The Rock, and oftentimes they got interviewed like, you know, because they were both not very successful. And then something clicked and, and things went in a different way. And part of what clicked was what you're speaking to right now, where they're basically being themselves with a the volume turned up. Yeah. So hearing you describe Gary Vaynerchuk, it's like, it's still Gary V. He just has mm-hmm. a different volume setting that he's calibrated for that specific audience. Exactly. Mm.
1: And, that, and, that's, and that's something to be aware of as both a host and a guest. You can yeah. still be authentic at different volumes. Uh, you, may, you may be streaming music. After I get done here, I'm uh, going to go back to streaming some music. I may change the volume. That doesn't mean I'm not listening to it it doesn't mean I'm not consuming it authentically. I love this.
0: I love all this. Now, hearing you say this, I mean, just for clarity, it sounds like reach, like what you do here, is you're basically yeah. showing people how to either build a business on a podcast or grow one through it. Correct. I love it. And it sounds like basically you're like, this is everything. You're, you're coaching people on what to do. You're giving them strategy. You're giving them approaches. You're, yeah. you're molding them through. So knowing that you do this for a living, and it's clear for people just listening to you, you know your stuff. I'm curious, what, if anything, whether it's one thing or three things, do people have the most trouble with as they encounter when they're trying to get their podcast off the ground or their business through it?
1: Number one with the bullet, I think, is getting obsessed with technology. Mm. I belong to some podcast discussion groups and Every single post is about their microphones and their soundboards and I hear these stories of why well, I record a 30-minute episode and uh, my guests cough. Should I have them re-record? Or I'm already three hours into editing this. Does it ever stop? <laughs> Would you like me to totally shift your mindset here? Please. Okay. I have a photograph, it's somewhere in my bookmarks. It was posted on Facebook by Guy Kawasaki. It was taken by him using his camera when he was sitting in his chair in CNBC studios waiting to be interviewed. And you see what it looks like to the guests. Now, when they put that episode on CNBC, he probably looked all polished. He had the nice background and everything else. You would have thought that he was sitting in some kind of high-end broadcast network studio. When you looked out from his view, it was a freaking warehouse with wires laying everywhere and dirt on the floor and random rugs and, and bare walls and concrete. Yeah, it's a and he has a code. And he made a comment about the actual glamor of being on the media. Mm. So this actually made me think about something. You have folks like him and any other expert you want to think of uh, you. I'll also throw out like John Taffer and Marcus Limonis who are also frequently on CNBC. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the folks at CNBC will spend hours and hours and hours editing those guys' appearances? No, no way. They will not edit their appearances. And folks like uh, Kawasaki, Taffer, Limones, et cetera, know that if when they're invited to be on that network, they need to be prepared. They need to be on top of it. And they need to be articulate because they are responsible for their success. If they give a train wreck of an interview, however you define that, they're not going to polish it up for them. They're going to do one or more of the following. They're going to say, "Eh, that one came out bad. We can't use it. So, poof, there goes your media exposure. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, uh, oh, uh, Lamona's really screwed this one up. All right, let's just get Taffer. So you see what happened right there? That's why I brought those two up specifically, because they have similar types of things that they do. So if Lamonis goes in and just flubs the interview, they'll just delete and say, oh, can we get Taffer in for this one? Mm -hmm. So there's always somebody else. They will just find somebody else and recreate it rather than trying to fix theirs. That's number one. Number two is even though you think that all these media networks are at each other's throats, it's actually very incestuous and everybody knows everybody. If let's say you are one of those people uh, like Taffer Limonis or got Kawasaki or somebody like that. And you went in there and you flubbed an interview. So you said it was so bad that they just couldn't use it by the end of the day. I mean, literally by the end of that day, everybody in production on every network is going to hear about it. You will never get exposure again. Mm. The reason I bring this up is because I want hosts to recognize they are not responsible for their guest's ability to do an interview. They are not responsible for cleaning up their guest. If their guest can't do an interview, then that guest should not get the exposure. As a host, and we teach this in the reach system, there are tactics you can use, including scripts, and approaches that you can rescue any interview and make it amazing.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, Because I I think in the entire history of the Business Creators Radio Show, we've had two episodes that didn't run. Uh, One of which was one that I actually canceled midstream because every single question that I asked her, I got the answer, come to my event, buy my products. Like, no, we're not here for you to pitch. So, and then the other was somebody who decided after the fact that she thought I wasn't very nice. And she was afraid that if she saw that she was on the business creators radio show with mean Adam, that it would somehow reflect on her brand. I said, okay, so if your, if your brand, if your people are a bunch of weak need willies, good, we won't run your episode. There's no argument here, but, 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 but her agent, because she worked through an agency should have known that Mm -hmm. they should have known two things that number one on my show I'm very respectful and I'm all about raising up my guest there's some edge to it sometimes so they should have known that and they also should have known that they had a client who was highly sensitive and didn't function well in those types of shows and steered that guest toward the types of shows that are more happy-go-lucky because for every no there's a yes somewhere else yes when i say no to something i feel good about it because i know that by me saying no there's somebody else else out there who would love the opportunity to say yes to that i just created their yes
0: awesome perspective that right yeah. there is a paradigm shift
1: yeah that right there and 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 see and see i also brought that up and i was kind of I was kind of a little bit edgy in the way I described that and also blunt to a degree because I wanted to share something about the mindset is as the host, you have a brand and part of this is people getting to know the authentic you. Your guests are going to tune in because the guest said, hey, I was on Andrew's show and uh, you should check it out. Not only are they hearing your guest, that person that they follow, they're also getting to know you. So you yeah. want to show them what it's like being with Andrew, what it's like working with Andrew, what it's like speaking with Andrew, what it's like having an interaction with Andrew so that you can attract more people to your brand.
0: Yeah, and thank you for making that point because part of it, you know, if I may, it's like certain guests, they're not too uppity about, you know, they don't care about the downloads, but they do care about the quality of what they're going to go on to. You're yeah. going to listen to an episode and they're going to see how you treat your guests.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, and again, as I said, I, I calibrate some of this stuff because I know in some situations it works better than others. In some situations it raises the bar. In some situations it could be a deal killer. Mm. So again, within the range of my authenticity, I can adjust that volume knob. I love it. I, love I don't it. have to be, I don't have to be the same thing in every place. Just like the president of the United States can give different speeches, whether they're uh, doing a political rally, whether they're doing a eulogy at a funeral, whether they're doing a State of the Union address, or whether they're giving a press conference. Still the same person, still the same range of authenticity, but different tones and different volumes depending on the situation.
0: Oh, great perspective. Yeah. Um, we're, we're almost out of time here. And I, this doesn't know if I, I love my interviews and I, I love the guests that I have on. But even admittedly, I I don't often feel like I'm kind of leaving the listener wanting more. I feel like I'm leaving leaving them wanting more right now as we go here because we're almost done. Um, But I did want to make sure to ask you for anyone that is really getting a lot out of this conversation, is really seeing the nuances in psychology and and the approach we have, and they want to connect with you further, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Well, relationships and conversations are sometimes marathons and not sprints, and they And just like it takes several episodes of a television show to tell the whole story, in fact, it's better that way because it allows you to come back in installments and allow things to grow and develop naturally in the spaces they need to, I encourage and welcome your listeners, your audience, your people to visit www.everythingpodcasting.group. Let me say that again. www.everythingpodcasting.group group. That's our online community. Come on in there. We have resources for you. We do great interviews. We have live streams. We have educational materials. And we also have the opportunity to interact with other podcast hosts, other podcast guests, and discover more from people who are actually doing it and succeeding with it. It's if you're seasoned and experienced it has value for you. If it's, you're just curious about it, it has value for you too. So that's my, that's my opportunity. That's my invitation. www.everythingpodcasting.group. Wow. I, I I'll love that you invitation.
0: You know, I've got, a, I've got around, depending on how, and when I publish this, I've got around hundred episodes in the can, and I could be wrong about this, but I think this is the first time asking somebody about that. And their answer was a community. You, yeah. Here, here's how you connect. Here's a community that I know of. And for those, I mean, you were very clear in, in the uh, web address you just gave or just for people's benefit. When I publish this on YouTube, I'll leave it in the video description and where this episode will reside at shatteredemoldpodcast.com. podcast.com. Yeah. Also make sure to put the link there. So it's just a click away for whoever listens here. Um, last question for you, my friend. And I love asking my guests this because I always get really cool, interesting answers and often insightful ones not to To put the, the pressure here, but I know you can handle it. If you can go back five years, 10 years, 25 years, anytime in the past, and give a younger version of yourself any piece of advice, whether it's life advice, business advice, or anything else, what would that be?
1: I need about two minutes to tell you this, if it's okay.
0: Yeah, please take as much time as you can. All want. right.
1: After I finished my MBA, I did the whole thing. My MBA, I had a concentration in human resource management. My goal was to be a training development director for a Fortune 100. I did the interviews, got the job offers, turned them all down. I started at the, what was at the time a side hustle where I did work that assisted small training and development firms with development of training materials, research for their books, those sorts of things. I had a few clients and it was growing slowly. And I still held down the day job that I picked up while I was going for my MBA. I even got promoted there. And there was a bit of a seesaw going on for about a year or so that um, I was thinking, am I going to go with this entrepreneur thing? Am I going to climb the corporate ladder? Am I going to go corporate but keep a side hustle? What am I going to do here? On November the 19th, 2004, uh, I had a day at work that made me realize that I was out. That was a day that I printed out my job description and put it in the drawer on my desk. So that anything I did from that point forward, I made sure it was itemizing the bullet points. And then beyond that, I wasn't doing it because I recognized that They didn't really care about me. They had no intention to develop or promote me. They had labeled me as unemployable and whatever. It's like, okay, cool. You made my choice for me. I'm going entrepreneurship. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to suck out the 401k matching and max out my paid time off so that I jump out of here with the biggest golden parachute that I can. You use me for three years. I'm going to use you for one more year. I told my mentor this. And he was also one of my clients. And he said, dude, dude, I understand you had a bad day at work, but here's the deal. I will give you, not loan you, not pay you in advance for services. I will give you $3,000. I'll put it in your PayPal right now. Or actually, let me I said, I will put it in your PayPal Monday after you send me a copy of the letter in which you showed that you resigned effective immediately and walked out. I didn't take it. I did not have the belief that with some clients already on board, $3,000, it was just mine to keep. I didn't have to do anything for it. I didn't have to pay it back. I didn't have to trade a service for it. It wasn't a loan. It was just mine. With those two things, with having some clients on board already to get me started, space to quickly grow the business, money to keep me going. Uh, two months worth of paid time off payout coming from the company. Cause they still would have had to pay me for all my unused time off that I could have gotten there that much faster. I would go back to myself and I would say, dude, take the money and get out of that place. You'll even if you, do you believe in incarnation, man? It doesn't matter if you do or you don't. Even if you believe in incarnation, you only get to do this one once. Take the money get on with your life, make it happen, get to the intersection of your brilliance and your passion. That would be my advice to my younger self.
0: Adam, I can guarantee you that what you just said resonates with someone listening right now more than one person, I guarantee you. Um, real And thank you for framing it with, with all the details so people got it. And yeah. thank you for coming on, man. It's like I noticed like in this interview, for whatever reason, that we just hit the ground running. We were, we went from zero to 60 right away or zero to a hundred and we just piled through. And I really love the way you even just like delivered all this information and kind of laid it out in such a clear, concise, actionable way, which I always love my audience. So thank you for coming on and spending your time with us today, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Andrew, thank you for having me. I love doing this. I love being of service. And I hope that there's something here that benefits your community, market and audience.
0: Thank you again, Adam, for that really that awesome interview and for all the value bombs you dropped. And, you know, a quick special thank you to every guest that has been on the show so far. Here we are at 100 episodes and we are not slowing down. We are not stopping. There is so much more on the way. But with that said, if you've been here a while, but you have not pulled out that phone yet or hit that subscribe button, now is the time to do it. And now is also time to leave a quick, honest, written review over at iTunes or any other place where they'll have it. I'd appreciate any kind of thoughts or feedback. And again, in addition to highly recommending that you check out everythingpodcasting.group, which is the link that Adam gave if people want to connect with him, this is also your one more time reminder. If you haven't checked out my book, The Last Law of Attraction Book, you'll ever need to read, you can just go over to com, or you can go to com slash Cap if you want to check out the free YouTube content. And of course, uh, that link that I gave for Adam and even the link to go to... Uh, the Law of Attraction book. They will both be in the video description of this YouTube episode or at the audio section where this episode resides on shatterthemoldpodcast.com. With that said, again, we are just getting started. Thank you so much for everyone who's been here for the past 100 episodes. And I'm looking forward to taking the journey with you as we move forward into so many more episodes, so much more content, so many more awesome guests. And the next one is coming up very soon. So stay tuned and I will see you again next time. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.